amazing time. And so we couldn't do it without you. Uh, Bobby told me that it was probably 175 to 180 volunteer servants. So thank you for, for being there. Thank you for helping us reach our city. We're constantly doing everything we can to reach our city. Just Friday, you know what we did? We had our grand opening for our first responders room. If you don't know what the first responders room is, it's a room that we've created in the back, probably the plushest room in the whole facility that's set aside for first responders. We had county sheriff there this Friday. We had several state patrolmen and uh, Coeur d'Alene City Police, and we had a wonderful time. Had a lot of, we ate a lot of good food, too. But I uh, just want to let you know, if you see a lot of police officers here, uh, it doesn't mean that they're always after you. <laughs> if they're after you, I, I can't control that. you got to deal with that. But don't think that something's wrong if you see a lot of police officers. When we left last night, Bobby texted me and said someone was in the first responders room even as we left. So you're going to see a lot of police officers here. Uh, just wanted to honor them and thank them back. We supply all the food back there, a place where they can come and have meetings, a place that is not sterile, business-like, a place they can relax. And so that's, that's in the back corner of our facility. Just want to let you know what's going on, uh, on around here. Today, I want to talk to you about local love. Will you say that with me, local love? I think in just a few minutes, you'll understand where I'm going with that. Pray with me as we dive into the Word. Father, we just thank you for your presence. You don't have to come, but you always do. We thank you, Father. You don't have to come, but you always come. Two or more gathered in your name, you're here. And we love you. And we say, have your way in this Holy Spirit right now. Even as we talk about one of the greatest love relationships, I think, on the face of the earth, I pray, God, that you would move upon our hearts Father, that we would love like you would love, or you do love. So Holy Spirit, let it not just drop into our, our minds, but let it go down into our hearts. I feel as if things, if they go into our heart, then it brings transformation to our inner man. So we say, have your way. Bless our guests today. We want them to feel loved and just received in heart of the city church. Thank you for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. this now what... So, by the way, you can look at version there. version, you can go there. Uh, you'll find our notes. Uh, it's a great app. And so you can just follow the directions on that. But the, the whole goal behind now what is, what does a person who's known five or six days or maybe two weeks have in common with someone who's known the Lord for 60 or 70 years? Is there people in the church that know the Lord that long? Yes, there is. And so what do we have in common? Now what for those all the way across the entire table when it comes to what we have in common of what we do? We talked about the word of God. We talked about being salt and light. We've talked about encourage to courage. We've talked about these different things. Today I want to talk to you about uh, local love. We make decisions every day. Every day of your life, you make decisions and those decisions then therefore make you. 
So it's important that you make great decisions for that moment that's going to impact that day and the future. Like you make a decision to seek God first. That's a wonderful that's a wonderful decision. You, you decide to get in the Word every day. Those are great decisions. The greatest decision that you can ever make is to follow Jesus Christ. And then guess, guess what? Then you make that decision every day. There's a moment in time where a person's born again. You say, man, I'm a follower of Christ. But then I want to let you know you got to get up every day and make that decision. Today is a day the Lord hath made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to serve you and follow you today. It's good for you and it's good for everyone around you. Believe me, when you make that decision to follow Jesus Christ. We make these decisions every day, and a lot of them have to do with relationships. You have this relationship right here, this vertical relationship with God. I say it this way, keep Jesus number one. But just don't keep him number one, keep him the center of everything. He needs to be the center of your marriage and the center of your friendships and the center of your work. So he's number one, and Jesus be the center of it all. Let him be the center of everything and number one, amen? That's a wonderful decision that you can make in your business, in, school, in all that you are part of, of making him the center and number one. That's a vertical uh, relationship that's very important. Then you have these type of relationships, not, not this. I'm going to get to this in a minute, but relationships with families, with aunts and uncles and grandmothers and granddaddies and, and the horizontal relationships. And those are extremely essential to life and they're very important. Sometimes, how many know those can be very messy? How many got messy family relationships? Just be honest. Amen. They can be messy, but they're still essential. They're, they're still powerful. They're still vital. They're still so important. Um, matter of fact, let me throw a little bleep in there. This Friday, we have our pre-marriage class. We do it once a year for those who are thinking about getting married. Those who are engaged or maybe they're just dating, but they're moving towards marriage. Maybe they went through a marriage before they knew Christ, and now that it didn't work out, and they come to know Christ, and they want to do things right. This class is for you. It's going to be at Seasons, and it's from 9 to 3. We already have 22 people signed up. I encourage you that if you're moving that way, it's important for you to go through that class. It's very, very, very vital. You know, just marriage is kind of like the flip of the coin, 50-50. Let me tell you, you can change those chances a whole lot through pre-marriage counsel. If you don't know that the statistics, they're huge just going through that. That's free today. That's not what I'm preaching about. But I want to talk about another relationship today that sometimes is not always spoken of, that you probably don't talk a lot about in your house or whatever, but it's a very beautiful relationship. It's uh, an amazing relationship. Uh, it's uh, a loving relationship, and that's the relationship with the local church. This relationship, I think, is is absolutely essential for you to have a relationship with the local church. Jerry, you're going to have a whole sermon on the local church today and going to church and the importance of going to church? Absolutely. And the reason why I'm doing that is that my heart today is that if you've never thought about the local church as a relationship, and a love relationship that you should be in, my whole heart and prayer today is that that would change. That you would fall madly in love 
with the one that I have found madly in love with, and that's the local church. And why would I love the local church? Because I'm going to show you in just a few minutes who else loves the local church. That's why it's called Love Local. Did you know that Jesus went to church? Did you? You know that Paul made it a custom to go to church? That word custom, if you read custom, the first word that popped out in me in the Greek was this, a habit. He had a good habit. How many know habits are good if they're good habits? Right? Let me read a, a few scriptures. Luke 4.16 says, So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his, look, custom. As his, will you say that with me? Custom. No, 100%. As his, custom. good, thank you. He went into the synagogue of the Sabbath, and he stood up to read. It was his custom. It was a habit of Jesus, what he did. Look at uh, Acts 17.2. Then Paul, as his, look, go, go, go with me, church. You wake 909, go, go with me. As his, thank you, was, went into them, and there, and uh, for three Sabbath reasons with them, with the scriptures. Dads, and moms, and singles, and youth, young, and old I want to let you know one of the greatest decisions that you can make every week is a decision for the church. I want to promise you that. It's a great decision. That you don't, you don't just like, hey, you know, uh, we're going to take a vote today. Children, would you like to go to church? <laughs> but that would be Something that you would absolutely, I guess my goal today is if you're not in love with the local church that somehow by his Holy Spirit that he would do something in our hearts after we read the scriptures and, and look at the importance of it that you would add value to it that you would say, wow, this is something that's very, very important to Jesus and to God and I want to make it important to me. You know, if you, was to, if you batted a thousand percent You'd bat a thousand percent. That'd be 52 times a year. If you just remove one of those, all of a sudden you drop down to 40. Come to church twice a month, that's 24 times. And then once a month would be 12 times out of the year. Well, let's compare it to something. Let's compare it just for a moment to school. School, 70, 175 to 180 days and a lot more hours. Work. I think, what is it? 260 days, and a whole lot more. I mean, even if you just work 40 hours. Uh, most people I know do 40 hours a week. Yeah. Unless they're a young adult, and then they're like, J.O., I worked three hours a day. Wow! <laughs> stressed! I'm stressed out, man! I've been working since 7 a.m. I work from 7 to 10 a.m., J.O.! I love every young adult here. It's just kind of cool. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not much. <laughs> I have a question for you. If you don't, if you're in school, you're enrolled in school, and you don't go to school, what happens? Who, who said that? I like that. Fell. Everyone say flunk. 
flunk out, don't you? So if you don't want to flunk out, there's a motivation that you probably should go to school, right? If you don't go to work, everyone say fire. Okay. If you own your own business, let's back it up for you. You own your own business and you're like, I own my own business, but I still don't go to work. You're not going to be very successful, are you? So there's a motivation in school called flunking. There's a motivation in work called firing. But you know what? If you don't come to church, you're not going to get fired and you're not going to flunk. So what could be and what is the only motivation for you to come to church. I think it has to be love. So my whole goal today is that I would share with you scriptures how God looks upon the church and how we're to look upon the church that you would fall madly in love with the church. And it wouldn't be out of law, and it wouldn't be out of duty, it wouldn't be out of condemnation, it wouldn't be out of guilt, but it would be out of love. It would be, you would have a great motivation out of love. Now, I like the counsel of Batman, but this is not what I'm promoting today. If you'll put this up. I have a blood family, a couple of them are sitting right here on the front row, and I love my blood family, but though I have a blood family, I have a church family that I love dearly. Some of you I know way better than others. Some of you are brand new, I don't know you very well, but those that I know, I love dearly. So I desperately need both of them. Some folks, they don't have a blood family. I lost a lot of mine growing up. And the church becomes a, an amazing, an amazing family. Some have strong families, and that's great. But even if you have an amazing mom and dad and grandparents and aunts and uncles and all that, I want to let you know that I still think with all of my heart, you need to have the church family. Because a family doesn't have it all together. You could be the greatest parents in the entire world, and I guarantee you, you don't have it all. We need one another. Look what Jesus said. They came knocking at the door who his brother and his mother one day. And they said, Jesus, you know, your mother and brother's outside. And this is what Jesus said to them. And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples. And he said, here, here, here are my mother and my brothers. Here are my mother and my brother. You know, Jesus had some pretty messy relationships with his family sometime. How many of you knew that? The Bible speaks that his brothers didn't even believe at times. I think they came around, but I tell you what, there's something strong, there's something powerful about having this family. I want to let you know that my kids, since they were in the womb, have been in church. And it's not been out of legalism. It's been out of love. My kids, you know, they'd be like, Jamie, I remember she was just a church mouse. Just like, Daddy, if I'm going to church, she wants to go. I mean, all the time. And, well, you still see my kids today in church. But it wasn't like, hey, if you don't straighten up, you're going to go to church. 
don't motivate your kids that way. That's not, church is not a discipline. It's not a bad place. It's a place that people will want to come, but I thank God for the church because my youth, my, my kids were poured into by youth pastors and leaders. Come on. I think every family needs, every kid needs another adult other than the parent to pour into their kids, godly adults. My family has been poured into through the church. My relationship with my wife, learn how to do marriage, counseling through the church. The bond here, the the common thread is the church. It's the church. Well, J.O., those youth leaders, you know, they kind of, they got, they got weaknesses. They, 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 yes. Uh, J.O., they, they don't do things just like I do them. Probably good, yes. They don't believe like me, J.O. Let me just say something. I've been on eldership before, big eldership. I don't think there was one elder in that room that believed exactly the same. Now, we got the biggies down. But don't allow that to stumble you. We need one another church. Listen to the scripture. Ecclesiastes 4, 7 through 8. I turned my head and saw yet another wisp of smoke on its way to nothingness. Solitary person, completely alone. No children, no family, no friends, yet working obsessively light, late into the night, compulsively greedy for more and more, never bothering to ask, why am I working like a dog, never having any fun, and who cares, more smoke, a bad business. Just all alone. No church, no relationships, solitary. Proverbs 18.1, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise counsel. I don't care if you're the greatest family in America, don't isolate yourself. Don't isolate yourself as an individual or even as a group. People that isolate themselves in a group, they get very weird real quick. Just being honest. We need one another. Listen to this research. Researchers on the power of relationship, Alameda County. This group of researchers track the lives of 7,000 people in Alameda County, California, over nine years. They found it pretty interesting, listen to this. People with weak relational connections were three times more likely to die than those with strong relational connections. It's good for us. Listen to this. Don't send me emails, okay? (laughs) People who had bad habits, like smoking and eating the wrong kinds of food, but had strong relational ties, lived significantly longer than people who had great health habits, but lived more isolated lives. The study confirms of the wisdom of John Ortberg when he says it's better to eat Twinkies with good friends than eat broccoli all alone. (laughs) 
I like broccoli, not alone. I like to dip it in blue cheese. You know what I'm saying? Who wants to eat broccoli alone? I don't eat Twinkies, just being honest. But there's something powerful about, listen to me, it's better together. Church, we need one another. I know it's yucky. Some, I know it's messy. I know there's sinners in church because you walked in here. I got here before you. But we need one another. We need one another. Look at another study, the study of the Journal of America Medical Association. 276 people volunteered to be exposed to the common cold virus. Pick me, pick, I want the common cold, pick me. Can you imagine? I hate common colds. It's like I'm, I'm not sick enough to stay home, but I'm miserable in the office and snot's flowing everywhere, you know what I'm saying? And pick me. So 276 people, they, are, they got picked. In the study discovered people who had, listen real good, people who had strong relational connections were four times better at fighting off illnesses than those who didn't. Four times better than those. Do what? Common thread. Relations. People with strong relational connection were significantly less successful. Thank you. A lot of S's and C's in there. <laughs> to catch in cold. Had fewer viruses in their systems and produced less mucus. Research proves that unfriendly people are snotty anyway. Relationship with the church. Here's a few facts I hope gets in your heart and spirit today. Number one, God loves the local church. God loves the local church. God loves. The local church, he has a relationship with the local church. He's head over heels over the local church. God loves the local church. He loves you. He loves the church. Listen to what the Bible says, Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. He calls the local church a her. He loves her. He loves you. He loves the local church. Will you love what God loves? Will you fall in love with what God has fallen in love with? He says it's, it's his, it's, it's, it's her. It's, he, he loves the local church. Will you love the local church? He loves the local church, period. He challenges men. The, 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 the combination or the connection of, of marriage with the church. Husbands love the local church like Jesus loves the local church. And he proves it. Value system. He gave himself for her. Pretty beautiful, huh? 
Well, you love the local church. Look at the next one. God calls the local church his body and his bride. Ephesians 5.30, we are the members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. You know, it'd be really, you know, in one scripture it says that he's the head of the church, right? Because we're the body, are you following me? What if we all came in here and here's the head of Jesus? Here's the head, just the head. And we're just like, oh, we just love the head of Jesus. <laughs> Don't love the body, but love the head. How weird would that be? You can't just take the head. We love the head. Forget the body. Body's jacked up. We love the head. Sounds like some kind of horror flick. How are you going to love the head and not the body? He's the head. The church is the body. He's madly in love with the body. And he's the head of it. And he wants us to love the head and the body. He calls it his bride. It's his woman. You're his wife. You're his woman. And he's in love with you. If you've never, ever thought about having a relationship with a local church, I pray today that you would be at least open to it because I want to love what God loves. I don't want to pick and choose and go, well, you know, that person's kind of, he loves that person. That, yeah. Like mad. Number three, look what God is building on the face of the earth. <laughs> he loves it. It's his body, his bride, and he's building it. Look what the Bible says, Matthew 16, 8. And also I say to you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. I will build my, I will build, I will build my I will build. He is his church, his bride, and he's going to build it. Let me, let me pull out some KJ on you today. Pull out my KJ. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. No matter what king, politician, weird law may come up on marijuana or marriage, you name it, I want to let you know there's nothing that's going to come against the local church because God is building the law. It's his woman, his bride. His, you're part of the most fabulous, amazing thing on the face of the earth, the church. And it's changed my personal life. He loves the church. Hell will not prevail. My question to you today is, if you've never thought about it in a relationship, would you consider loving the church? And all its messiness, all its insecurities, fears, and weaknesses, and all that stuff. Jesus doesn't seem to have a problem with it. Of course he wants us to be holy. He's coming back for a church without wrinkle. He's working on us, but in the midst of it, he loves the local church. In the movie Concussion, anybody happen to see the movie Concussion? If you saw the movie Concussion, raise your hand. I think you missed a very, very good movie, just to be honest with you. I'm not trying to promote a movie, but it is a very good movie. And in the movie, they say something that just went like this. 
Would you turn off the lights and hit that? I think you'll hear in a minute what went to me. Hit this. The same day the church used to own. NFL owns. I like the NFL. I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. If you're not, I just say repent. <laughs> to see very many of the different games, this is Monday nights. Five o'clock But here's my point. Am I breaking out? Can you kill these mics? This, this is my point. That that God in my spirit, that somehow NFL has taken the first day of the week, Sunday. I say, we need to get Sunday back. We need to get, no, we need to get Sunday back. It's not going to be through picketing. We want Sunday back. It's not going to be through picketing. It's not going to be through, hey, get on the e uh, email and just tell everybody we're getting Sunday back. It's going to be through you loving the local church. There's nothing greater than love. That's what, when people see your love for the body of Christ and for what God loves and what God's building, I want to let you know you'll prioritize your schedule. Come on. And you'll say, you know, I love the local church like God loves the local church. And we can make a difference. We can get the first day of the week back. Am I saying don't watch football? No, watch football. Just don't stay at home. On a Sunday morning to watch football. I, I, that's my suggestion. Tebow. What is it called? Yeah, any of that. <laughs> is it evil to miss church? Absolutely not. But you can create a very bad habit. Very quick. I see it over the summer. I see it over the, oh, we're just going to go camping out. We're going to camp out again. We're going to camp out again. We're going to camp out. We're going to go fishing. We're going to camp out and go fishing. We're going to play golf, fish, camp out. We're going to, and it's like, wow! Take Sundays back. Fall in love with the local church. I can't, I can't, I can't manipulate you to do that. It's got to be something of the spirit, of the Holy, of the scriptures and the spirit that God does that deep in your heart and your guts. But I know he can do it because... I love the local church. Because I'm a pastor? No, I love the local church before I was a pastor. When I was just barely a believer, I loved the local church. Because the, the impact it had upon my life. The only thing necessary for triumph of evil for good men is to do nothing 
Edmund Burke. Just all we have to do is do nothing and evil will triumph. How many of you with your car, you wait till you're out of gas before you go to the gas station? A couple of you. God bless you. How many of you are like, ah, ah, I got uh, uh, 300,000 miles on my car. I better get an oil change. You don't do that. You maintain. Think about parents, your kids. It's like all of a sudden, you know, the kid turns 17 and they're hellions and they're rebels and bring them to church. You're like, Pastor, will you fix my kids? Where have you been for the 10 years? Where have you been? Man, change the oil. Man, get them in the presence of God. I love the presence of God. There's nothing weak about the presence of God, young person, nine, nine years old or ninth grade. Come on. The presence of God is awesome. Change your life. Why the first day of the week? First of all, the early church began to worship on the first day of the week. One reason is because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus changed everything. Listen to this scripture. Very early in the morning, Mark 16, 2, on the first day. We say that with me, first day. Come on, say this with me. We taking Sunday back. Come on, say it with me. We taking Sunday back. Come on, we taking Sunday back. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. Take Sunday back. Listen to, listen to Paul. Here, here's another beautiful tradition. The resurrection took place on the first day of the week. Listen, listen, listen to Paul, Acts 27. Now on the first day, say that with me, first day. Say it with me, we take a Sunday. Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, uh, ready to depart the next day, wow, spoke to them, continued his message until midnight. Can we hang out here till midnight this morning? <laughs> He preaches to midnight. Somebody falls out of the loft and dies. He has a raising from the dead. But it was the first day of the week. We taking for we we taking Sunday back. Come on, say it with me. We taking tell your neighbor we taking Sunday back. <laughs> we taking we taking back Sunday. First Corinthians sixteen two. On the first day, say that with me. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay a lie, lay aside something. Uh, something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. That's Paul talking to the local church. What a beautiful habit. What a beautiful custom of seeking Jesus first, of gathering first, of worshiping, look, first. As a church coming together, first. All about seeking him, worship the church on the first. Everyone say, we taking Sunday back me in that. I don't know, three people will do. Seriously. I know everyone. I, I'm not always preaching to everyone. Some people's going to walk out of here and go, I don't buy it. But for the sake of Christ and for the sake of the world and for the sake of your family, I say buy in. I say, I say, I say, I say, I say, I say buy in. 
Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, for not forsaking the assembly, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another as much more as a day is approaching. Can I hit a couple examples of excuses real quick? Can I do that real fast? Excuses that I hear. I mean, they just naturally hear. I'll be in the gym and it's like, hey, I ain't seen you for a long time. First excuse number one. Ah, too busy. I was going through, I was going, how do I deal with too busy? Because if you're too busy, that means that you're doing something else, right? It can be partying. It could be lawn mowing. It could be a number of things. Just like too busy. Too busy. How do you deal with too busy? Well, I say, first of all, too busy with what? And I would say, second of all, Jesus was really busy saving the world. And making to 12 disciples and going to church. Too busy is not a very good excuse, is it? Do you agree? I want you to vote. Do you agree that too busy is probably not the best excuse? You all agree? Good. Number two. I don't want to go. Do you think that I always want to go? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I've been preaching at youth camp before and have diarrhea. And get through speaking and run to the bathroom. I'm just being real. Can I be real? Do you think I really wanted to be there? Do you think I really want to, do you think that me and Ray Dean, how long have we been going to church? A long time. The day we got married was the day we became youth pastors. If diarrhea offends you, that's not my heart to offend you. <laughs> my heart is that sometimes I don't want to go. Headache, stressed out. But typically, I go. I see John Sanford come in here, Walker, jacked up knee, hip, man, that brother will be here, Don, Lois, Ward, how old are you now, Don? 85, and that brother, there's something about that generation that they love the church, they just, whoo, love the church, a husband and wife woke up on Sunday morning, and the wife dressed for church, it was just Uh, It just was about time for service when she noticed that her husband hadn't moved a finger towards getting dressed. Perplexed, she asked, why aren't you getting dressed for church, he said. He said, because I don't want to go. She asked, do you have any reasons? He said, yes, three good reasons. Not six, three. First, the congregation is cold. Second, no one likes me. Third, I just don't want to go. The wife replied wisely, well, honey, I have three reasons why you should go. First, the congregation is warm. Second, there are a few people who like you. And thirdly, you're the pastor. Go get dressed. Let me hit these other ones real fast. Third excuse, past experiences. Past experience. Like, well, I tried it. I tried it one time and it didn't work. That's kind of like me saying, I went one day to the gym. I, I, I 
try the gym one time. Didn't, didn't, didn't really work. You know how many times I went to the gym this week? Five. Because I know going one time just makes me sore and it just doesn't work. Listen, I encourage you. There's something about beautiful diligence and making relationships and your roots going down deep. And a lot of people, they never experience the greatness of the church because they don't stick around long enough to experience the greatness of the church. Their roots don't go deep. They don't produce fruit and relationships and community. I want to challenge you. Stick around. We take him back to first day, yo. Number four, well, J-O, it's too blank. I mean, you could fill the blank. It's too dark. It's too loud. It's too quiet. It's too, it's too. And I was thinking, man, it probably was too a lot of things for Jesus. It's like it's too painful. It's too bloody. It's too messy. It's too. So, uh, J-O, nobody talked to me when I came to church. Hey, yeah, did you talk to them? That's beautiful. I didn't say that. She did. And second of all, maybe God just wants to talk to you. Maybe God just wants to talk to you. Seriously. Number five, it's sunny out there. Right? It's sunnier in here. You might get that at lunch. Let me close with this. A pastor woke up on a spring day. It was beautiful. Beautiful Sunday, first day of the spring. It's beautiful. He wants to play golf. It's 70 degrees and it's blue. And he's like, I just want to go play golf. He calls his associate pastor up and goes, <coughs> Will you <coughs> preach for me today? <laughs> sure. He goes and plays golf. Hole number one. A hole in one. He hits it a little bit, slices it, but the wind hits it, hole in one. Heaven's like, ah, what's going on, God? Hole number two. He hits it, hooks it, the wind hits it, hole in one, two holes in a row. Third hole. He hits it long, wind brings it back in, hole in one, three holes. In a row, heaven's like, God, it looks like you're going to support me. God looks at heaven and goes, well, who's he going to tell? We stand to your feet. We take him back the most beautiful day of the week. Listen to me real good. Can I get your undivided attention? Let me give you three things if you're new to here of how to get really started. Three things. Number one, core class. Happens right after the 11-11. That's our membership. Go through core class. Four, four classes. Number two, city group. Get in a city group. Joe, the church is too big. Get in a city group. 
Number three, get on a team. All kind of teams for you to connect with. Parking team, usher team, fit team. Pretty soon we're going to get the kitchen done. We're going to have the Father's Market up again team. Come on. There's all kind of team. Children's team, varsity team. Come on, get on a team. Oh, it'll feel like home. Fall in love with the local church. Value what Jesus values. Love what Jesus values. Come on, build what Jesus is building. Be part of something that God is building on the face of the earth, the local church. Will you bow your head? Just bow your head. Listen real close as we close. Jesus came to some of his disciples and he said, hey, who do they say that I am? And the disciple says, hey, some of them says that you're John the Baptist. Some says you're Jeremiah and Elijah, one of the prophets. They're saying all kinds of different things of who Jesus is. Those that did not know who Jesus really was was because they did not know him. He looked at Peter and says, Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, hey, that was revelation. God revealed that to you. If you're here today and you don't know who Jesus is, I'm talking to you. Every service we have different folks that sometimes don't know who Jesus really is. The Lord, the Savior, the one that came to forgive you of your sins, who died for your sins, that wants a relationship. He's the way, the truth, the life. He's the way to the Father. He did it all. He come to earth because of you, because he loves you. You. He wants you to experience a relationship with him. He wants you to experience his unconditional love. He wants you not to walk out of here and go, well, I, maybe he's John the Baptist, maybe he's Elijah. He wants you to know that he's God. And if you don't know Jesus today, we want to pray for you right now. If you're not in a relationship with Christ, if you don't know where you would go after this life, that can all change today. You can know those things. It begins with a relationship with Jesus. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ for you right now, would you say, would you just raise your hand saying, Jay, I need prayer. I, I, I want to know who Jesus is. I, I really want to know the God of the universe. I want to know that my sins are forgiven. I want to know where I'm going after this life. Anybody here today, just raise your hand. Just say, Jay, that's me. I'd like to know him. Anyone? Praise God. I'm going to hopefully assume every person in this room is born again and they know Jesus Christ. If not, please, that can change today. We're going to open the altar up right now. We're going to go into a song. And listen to me real good. If you need prayer, anything, family, finances, your health, your children, home. Maybe you need a miracle in your body. If you need prayer for anything today, come and let the church, the body of Christ, pray for you. We're going to worship and I encourage you, come to the altar. You walk through all of my world, conquer my shame. Stepped into my past, fill my world with grace. 
close in prayer thank you for being part of the church thank you for loving what God loves thank you for valuing what God values, thank you for helping build what God is building on the face of the earth let's take back the first day (laughs) through love let's take back the first day through love. Father, I thank you for an amazing church. I thank you that we're part of the most glorious thing on the face of the earth. All hell may come against it. It will not prevail because you're building it. You're the king. You're the God. I pray you bless the church today. The blessing of the Lord, which makes one rich and adds no sorrow, let it be their portion. Shine upon them today, your countenance. Give them peace, oh God, as they leave here today. Bless our guests. Bless their socks off in Jesus' name. And everyone said, love you guys. Take back the first day. Have a great week.